All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Before we get started, we'd like to let you know that the Uncommon Gem podcast is an adult content show, meaning we may go into explicit detail or say some explicit words when talking about today's subjects. We also like to inform you that we're not paid or sponsored by any of the donations or charities in the episode. We simply just are giving it a shout out and hopefully spreading the word on some good causes. Thanks again for tuning in and let's get on with the show. Folks, there, there is a tension in a room. It is like a volcano just waiting to explode. We have reached episode 10. We did it. You thought it wouldn't happen, Drake, but guess what? We're here to prove you wrong, so suck my ass, Drake. This is an anti-Drake episode. This is an anti-Drake all-day, everyday podcast. We only hate Drake. I'm excited, though. 10 episodes. It really went by quick. It really was fun to do all the interviews leading up to this point. I gotta thank so many people. I want to thank Lawrence for, you know, immediately being on board with the project, immediately willing to do the art, especially when I didn't have a podcast to show him right away. So really thank you to him. Thank you to Brooks for the music. It was really cool to reach out to someone you don't know and then have them not only make a product that you really enjoy, but have them really work with you on it and really um, put some really nice touches to the music with that. And I really want to thank him there. Of course, got to thank Brandon for being on the first episode. Got to thank Liz, Frank, Sydney, uh, Rocky, Howard, Lawrence, Marcus, the band Old 40, everyone that's been on the show. Thank you all so much. It's been so fun to get to know y'all through these interviews and get to know what you all like. And also, folks, we got to thank you, the listener. We got to thank y'all for checking us out, for listening to the podcast. We we would not be here without y'all, literally because you listen to the show, but also because of your advice. Your advice has been so critical into making the show what it is, into forming more of the uh, more of the dynamic, more of the you know technical aspects. You know, we we got a better microphone because you recommended it. We have the certain guests because y'all recommended certain guests. And that, that I truly got to appreciate y'all for that. I really want to say thank you. Folks, with it being the 10th episode, I feel like it's only right to bring a guest that I truly love that is truly close to me. She is a scientist. You can catch her as a host on the podcast, Shut Up and Listen. Very fun stuff going on with that show, so please check it out. She's a roller skating queen, a lover of all things lasagna and Garfield. And you know what, folks? There's that time you're, you're talking to someone or you're hanging out with someone and you just like are like, we share the same brain. Well, this is that person for me, but she has a rather big and smarter brain than mine. So please welcome to the show, Taylor Rios. Hello, hello. Hi. What is up? Not much. Uh, you know, I really wanted to like echo this fuck Drake energy. I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to say rest in peace to DMX. Which I really want. An openly right. anti-Drake artist. I love yes. him even more for that. We had Sydney. She brought it up on the last episode. I was like, oh, we got to let people know that we're not having no drink on Common <laughs> Gems. I'm shutting it down immediately. Yeah, I really question the person who would choose that person as an Uncommon Gem, unless it's Aubrey in Degrassi. Degrassi can be your Uncommon Gem. Not so much Drake. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin because we, we've known each other for so long, but you've gone through so many uh, fun adventures in life. Please tell the people a little bit about yourself. Like you said, we've known each other for a very long time. Unfortunately, we didn't know each other in high school, 
but our friendship that is a weird a weird thing because we had like all the same friends <laughs> right our friendship could be extended by at least three years but we met each other in one of the worst places i've ever worked i don't know if you <laughs> feel the same way probably one of the most fun environments that i've ever worked mm-hmm. um i feel like that was such a wonderful place for us to foster a friendship dealing with absolute nonsense it's the house that built you and <laughs> what a cast of characters in that specific house Wondering if you'll have anybody from that show on to share their un- uncommon gem. I could think of a few people oh. I would love to hear. <laughs> that it'll, it'll definitely happen. It has to happen for sure. We got to talk about your science a little bit as well, Taylor. Do you mind telling the people your love of science, your love of things, of space and life and humans? <laughs> sure. Uh, I went to school for biology, though... I wish that there was a way that you could get a degree that captures like a little more of science, but I wasn't, college wasn't really my thing. I'm lucky I made it out alive <laughs> and with a degree. But I do love science. I really, in my work, would always love to find a way to marry science and helping people. I work in a lab now that does that on kind of a small scale where I'm a little farther mm-hmm. away from the person who is receiving the information that I am essentially generating. But I have previously worked in a fertility clinic where you help build families, which is really adorable and maybe questionable in these times for me personally. Not everybody is lucky enough to be able to do it on their own. So I felt huge amount of gratitude working in that space but any any way to marry science and helping people that is what I'm all about and I'm just fascinated by all the things that we can learn through science because it's expansive it's everywhere guys always evolving there's always new shit being discovered yes yes absolutely (laughs) I just finished a really interesting book about all of the things that we have done here on earth to prepare ourselves to get into space and it's wild the stuff that's going Mm. on everything you do in your everyday life is so much harder in space so think about all those simple (laughs) tasks Uh, because you have to still do them when you're an astronaut pooping ain't easy in space that's part of this book (laughs) if you've never read mary roach's book and you're into science and a little bit of humor get into her book she writes a lot and can't boast her work enough so Taylor, I want to talk about this a little bit, that you've taken the roller skating thing in such a fun way, especially because you are always the person that loves to go out and do fun things, do fun things, especially with music too. But to see you out in your environment while you're roller skating, you could tell like that's really you. That's really what you are truly passionate about. Can you tell us about roller skating a bit? Yeah, I would be remiss to not tell all the good people that listen to your podcast that Kevin is the reason that I'm so into roller skating at this point in my life. He bought me my first pair of roller skates. They are gold. They are magic. I absolutely (laughs) adore them. But roller skating is, it's just my hobby. It's that thing that I can do on my own with friends. It's always a good time. There's like always something to learn. I just, I've really found something special in roller skating and Kevin, you really like gave it to me. And, you know, I, I love you even more so because I know that roller skating is not your thing. (laughs) (laughs) Should we, should we tell the army crawl incident (laughs) on the show? (laughs) You know, everybody's taken a spill. (laughs) It's, it's a okay. I took a spill so hard that I broke my arm (laughs) in half. (laughs) 
it's healed though. I'm so glad to see it's healed, and I'm, yeah. I'm so happy. It, like, was a fast process, but man, I really was terrified there. I know. Uh, six months off my roller skates was a really long time. I was really thankful to get back on them, and we're nearing the middle of the year, and I'm so close to not being afraid every time I get on my wheels. Mm. But I still do enjoy it. It's one of those you have to face your fears you don't grow if you don't face your fears and that's something that i love so much that i don't mind being a little afraid of it <laughs> jump into your fears folks yeah tell us a little bit about shut up and listen where they can find it and how that show's been going for y'all sure so shut up and listen is a podcast that i am on with my two good friends lando and rj it's a free form comedy podcast I've heard from a lot of people that when you plug in to us, it's a little like feeling like sitting in a room with us. Mm-hmm. We all post an episode each week. So we all bring something a little different to the table, but we're having a good time. We've been doing it for about two years. It's really changed and morphed as we've grown as a podcast, as people, as friends. When I started, I I had met Lando, but I didn't know Lando as well as I do now. RJ has been one of my closest friends since forever. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just a good time. If you'd like to give us a listen, we're on all the streaming platforms. On Instagram, we're at sun, S-U-N, listen, one. And on Twitter, you can follow us at, at sun, listen. We post new episodes every other week. Come hang out with us. We would love to have you and <laughs> <laughs> Be, being a fan of the show for the past two years is really fun because on the one hand like you said like it is like sitting in the room with y'all but each episode feels like a different theme and y'all don't plan it I can tell you don't plan it but it just rolls off that theme for each episode which I really enjoy but another part I like is that you are all very smart so it's a very educational podcast too about things ongoing with politics things ongoing with life in general and Kind of like bigger status stuff, which I appreciate too. Yeah, Kevin, you've got a spot on. We do not plan. <laughs> we we kind of write a, an outline for one another. Like I said, we each like host a, an episode on our own every month. So we write an outline and kind of toss it out to each other and see what shakes out. If you've ever if you've ever talked to us in real life, we are pretty abrasive with our commentary. We really do stand on our own two feet and even if we're fighting with each other in that room, it just is because we're not going to back down. <laughs> but it is a really good time. I love doing it. I love learning about stuff and hearing what Lando has going on in his week and what RJ's working on too. It's just it's just a fun way to hang out with my friends in a different format. All right, folks. And before we continue, Taylor, I got to let you know, you are the most requested guest so far in the Uncommon Gym podcast. Four people have reached out and said, we want Taylor. Oh, so, that's... folks, oh. We, we got you. We got you on the show. Here it is, folks. The big episode. Tens, tens, <laughs> tens across the board, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So as always, folks, we always wanted to give a shout out to a donation or a charity or an act of service that you can commit to to help some people out. Taylor, you're so gracious enough to bring one onto the show today. Do you mind telling the folks what we're talking about? Today, I wanted to bring some attention to community fridges. Whether you have them in your neighborhood or not, there is a way to contribute. In my area on Instagram, the community fridges that I contribute to are at 
Denver Community Fridge. Kevin, is there a community fridge in your neighborhood that you contribute to? Straight up, let me just read off this one fact. There are 112 fridges in New York City. Wow. That's New York City. That's not New York. New York City. So if you go on nycfridge.com, it's literally going to give you a Google map of all the fridges, where their Instagram is, and also what kind of food they require because certain ones are vegan-friendly, certain ones do allow canned goods, certain ones do allow meats and stuff like that. So if you're in New York, that's definitely the place where you want to check that out. That's that's incredible to hear, Kevin, because the Denver Community Fridge Project started off the ground in 2020. So here mm. there are five, and I believe four like five are in the metro area and they have a program up in boulder as well going that maybe have two but more than a hundred fridges in your city that's truly incredible that is mutual aid in action you know i go to the one in queens i go to the one in brooklyn all the time but you see people like when i went to drop off the one in queens last time immediately people took the food i dropped off so i think that kind of speaks more so how desperately people do need this because it's a lot of families that can't even afford, they can afford to pay the rent, but they can't afford to get a meal. Sometimes it's the other way around. They can't afford the rent or the meal. Um, so I think just putting that food out there for the people to grab and also allowing people to access to have it is just really one of the most helpful things you can do. Absolutely. The thing about volunteering and nonprofits and where your money goes, participating in a community fridge is something that you can see immediately. Just like Kevin said, you can drop off food and people pick it up immediately. I know on the Instagram for Denver Community Fridge, somebody will go and post a picture of it empty. By the afternoon, somebody will post a picture that it's full. And then the next day, it's just the same cycle. So people are seeing that there's a need to be filled and going and taking care of it themselves because that's what mutual aid is all about. It's reciprocal exchange of resources for mutual benefit. Sometimes I feel people put a little bit too much pressure on things like that because they're like, oh, well, I have to go to the store to go buy something. Not necessarily. You can also look, we all have pantries of food or stuff we have not touched and it still has not yet expired, but you're probably not going to use it. So just take stuff like that. You know, you can definitely dig out some stuff, clean out your pantries, clean out your fridge and bring some stuff that still could be used for people to use it and eat it, too. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to go to the grocery store anyway. Grab grab two of that thing. You don't have to go every week. Collect things over a couple weeks and then go. Uh, Like Kevin said, look at the things perhaps in your life that are extra and excessive. You went to the dentist six months ago and you still haven't opened that free toothbrush or that tiny toothpaste. Like that's something that somebody else could use pretty immediately. Yeah, Yeah. take take the responsibility in your own hands. Don't don't just think (laughs) about it. Be about it, y'all. If you live in the community, I feel like it's a part on you to be a part of the community. Now, does that mean you have to engage with every single person? No. No. But... Should you help those that are less fortunate? Should you help those that do need the help? Yes. I, I feel like that is an absolute necessary need. I will say for like a lot of the fridges in New York, there's oftentimes clothing drives or events associated to it. So I'm sure Denver, they, you know, they did something similar. So definitely check out their Instagram. Keep posted to their page. You can also donate money to the fridge itself and to the cause itself. So you can maybe help them gain more fridges across Colorado and or even your own states or wherever you may live too. I know a lot of people have been in touch with a lot of restaurant owners, a lot of business owners saying, hey, can we use your electricity to then power our community fridge? It would be great publicity for your restaurant. It would be great for the people to get the food too. So, you know, if you know people with restaurants, if you know people with like buildings that have that kind of access, I say also reach out to them too. 
I, that's a really great point. The community fridge, they've really found a way to make it accessible for everyone to find a way to donate. So, you know, if you don't have a community fridge near you that you pass by, you can donate money. I know for mm. on the link tree for the Denver community fridges, you can donate a fridge. You can sign up to perhaps be the person that paints the fridges. You can donate your time in that way. There's just more than one way to get involved in your community. This is just another one. Folks, you can definitely check that out on their Instagram at Denver Community Fridge. Or you can go to denvercommunityfridge.com, donate to them. And like I said, nycfridge.com is going to show you the link for all the New York fridges. It's so many folks. Like, honestly, you can walk down a lot of streets in Brooklyn, Queens, or Manhattan, and you're destined to find a community fridge or uh, access of food via community. So take some time, look into it, do some research, and find out where it is nearest to you. Yeah. Get off your phones while you walk. Take a look around. It seems like in New York, it'd be easy to spot one. So as always, we like to bring our guests on and reveal their uncommon gem on the show. Taylor, do you mind telling us what your uncommon gem is? Oh, I would be honored. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The uncommon gem that I am bringing today are Halloween costumes. That's right. It's Halloween in April, folks. We're bringing it now. (laughs) (laughs) It is nearly halfway to Halloween. Get with it. (laughs) So I'm really happy and so, so joyous about this because knowing you, there's one thing I say you go hard for. It's definitely getting ready for Halloween and getting the costumes right. So do you mind telling us, how did you come across getting so into the Halloween costume? Well, every day is Halloween when you're a freak, you see. So so it's like, I feel very near to Halloween, even when it is technically only one time of the year. I just have always been so into it. When I was a kid, I was really into Adam's Family, Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town. Even before that, Hanna-Barbera, very specifically Wacky Races is something that I watched at every opportunity as a child. You know, all those cartoons that you remember, what they're wearing is a costume. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, that's what they wear on a day-to-day basis, but it is a costume. They never take (laughs) it off. They'd stop being them if they changed. I just feel so connected to costumes and Halloween and just that theme not necessarily the time of year i think that's also like a good point too there's always a friend that's going to throw a costume party not necessarily around halloween but it could be in the middle of the summer it could be earlier than that and even that kind of situation you know it's inviting it lets people get creative it lets people really express their passions in their own way i wish that there were more costume (laughs) themed parties like you said People do throw them other times of the year. I've had a friend throw one for their birthday and they had like a 90s R&B rap music video themed party. And it was so <laughs> tight to see everybody flex in a very specific niche way. Right, right. I feel like that's another great point. Like everyone's going to pay attention to something different, especially when it's like that kind of theme of a party, but everyone's paying attention to something way different. So like you said, Hanna-Barbera costumes, stuff like that. Meanwhile, there's might be someone that's like, oh man, I really want to dress up as uh, the Powerpuff Girls or other cartoon characters, you know, and it's just the real specifics that get into the Halloween costume. 
Yeah, I think it's so interesting to see other people's Halloween costumes because it is mm -hmm. a reflection, like a visual reflection of our relationship with pop culture and just culture around us. I probably would never wear a superhero costume. I don't really know about superheroes. And also I see myself as a little bit of a villain. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's not what I would connect to, but plenty of people do. And everything they wear is so visually representative of who they are. Okay, so with you specifically, just because I know the work that goes in <laughs> for your costumes, I want to ask you, like, what is, because you actually made a lot of your own costumes, so what is that feeling of going into making your own costume? I'm less of a sewer and more of a, <laughs> no pun intended, tailor. So, I try to pick costumes that I know that I can like buy pieces that can be modified or embellished or can come directly out of my closet. Halloween is, it can be expensive depending on where you choose to get a costume. And because I like to do multiple in a year, <laughs> I, <laughs> I try to cut down on costs by embellishing and modifying my own costumes or picking things that are simple enough that I don't have to do too much. But it's so satisfying to have a vision and then see it come to life when it works out because I've certainly fumbled more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that was also, also the other process that was cool to see was that you went from literally hand stitching to then getting your own sewing machine to then kind of like putting on acrylic, stuff like that, added on layers to see that kind of costume designer in you show. <laughs> I, I think that's the thing, Taylor. I think that's the thing. In a past life, you were for sure a costume designer. <laughs> I I watch Drag Race religiously, and so many of these queens have gone to school for costume design, and the stuff that they pull off on a simple sewing machine with just fabric blows my mind time after time, and that's what I want to feel when I create these things. I want <laughs> other people to see and like revere the work that I put in, and I want them to mm -hmm. feel joy when they look at me. I usually I usually pick funny things. So if people look at me and they laugh, I feel like that's a success. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should list off a couple. So I, I have a list of a couple costumes you've done. <laughs> okay. So one of them is Hot Rod from the movie Hot Rod. Love. You were once Stevie Wonder. You were once Ula from the movie Fifty First Dates, Rob Schneider's character. A very funny costume. Uh, Pee Wee Herman. You were once a matador, you were once ASAP Yams, and you're also Johnny Knoxville in a pink sweater and roller skates. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've had a lot of successful costumes in the last couple of years. You've listed off some of my favorites. And pulling them off left and right. That's the thing, yeah. I gotta say, maybe you could talk on it a bit too. Like, like you said, you pick the things that you're truly loving and passionate about in pop culture. What's that moment like when you like realize, oh, that's going to be a costume I'm going to pick? So I try to curate a list all year long. There, There is a list that lives in my phone. It has about 25 costumes on it right now. So sometimes it's that aha moment of something that wasn't on the list that I saw in a previous year where I'm like, that's immediately it. And sometimes it's something that I've sat on for a while and really meticulously put together mm -hmm. over some time. But it when it hits you, it's like uh, being hit by a Mack truck. It's an immediate, <laughs> like, this is what I'm going to be. I'm sure other people feel that way, too. You know, oh, yeah. what, whatever way they curate costumes in their life, whether they walk to, through a store or they see something in their life and they're, like, inspired, 
they know mm -hmm. exactly what they want to be. So this is why this is your uncommon gem, you know, it's that feeling of like getting hit by a mat truck when you see something like that. That's that's exactly the kind of inspiration and art and creativity that it draws attention out of certain people, you know, and I think it should be mentioned that, you know, yes, there's going to be people that aren't really into the dressing up part of it. But to respect that, you know, you, you got to respect the level of creativity and detail people put into it. <laughs> yeah, I and frankly, I don't respect the person who's not into it. <laughs> I, Halloween is the best. I don't see it being a bad time. Never once has it been a bad time. No, absolutely not. Oh, a very funny thing that I want to talk about here on the show. As we know, voting got pushed back because of COVID and all the things ongoing. But a very funny thing that happened in New York was that people were allowed to vote in costume oh. because Halloween was a day that people were voting for. So I unfortunately just came back from a trip, so I couldn't go out to see it. But seeing people walking to the polls still was very funny in very funny get-ups and whatnot, too. I think that should be a standard, though. I think voting should just happen during Halloween. Wow, that sounds incredible. I mean, I don't vote in person usually but it would definitely give me an incentive to make sure that i'm dropping my ballot off at a ballot box on october 31st <laughs> there are so many things that you could be that would be funny you could be a political character i think it would be really funny to be the grim reaper and stand mm. in that line <laughs> you could be kathy griffin that would be kind of perfect <laughs> for this last election oh yeah yeah, there are so many things that you could be. Like I said, we put or you put in the effort into it, and you, you obviously have a list. You look forward to this list more than anything. You know, you're, you're already putting the costumes together. What sets apart getting a Halloween costume versus, you know, kind of other things you're into, like roller skating or stuff like that? I think the big thing is a costume is really one time a year. Uh, mm. There are only so many opportunities in a calendar year that you can wear a costume. Actually, that's not true. There are people who <laughs> do their entire careers in costumes. There's only so many opportunities I can wear a costume in my life. Mm -hmm. So I think the preparation is really exciting to me. It's I prepare for it in a way that I don't prepare for anything else in my life there's not really practice that can go into it i suppose i could practice sewing but i can't get outside in a costume and see what's successful or not right yeah it's got to be successful the one time i wear it it really only has a one-time use for me i i'm not a costume repeater it's also something that i feel like i kind of stand alone in I, mm. I would not like to discredit any of my friends because my friends rock killer, killer costumes. A friend mm. of mine was Marilyn Manson in the Mickey Mouse ears. I believe that was a Rolling Stone image. <laughs> like my friends are also picking very specific things and excelling right. at them too. I just don't think anybody is nearly excited as I am every year <laughs> <laughs> or also thinking about it every day pretty much i hear right. i hear the sentiment i haven't thought about what i'm gonna wear for halloween at the beginning of every october by so many people it's like don't right. don't wait <laughs> why wait also because then you're just gonna that's the most expensive way to do it because all the costumes are gonna be super expensive by then and everything's gonna start going up in prices so yeah definitely want to get some things going ahead of time yeah i i think the one thing you can't really do to prepare ahead of time necessarily is like so much stuff hits the thrift store 
in October that mm. you won't see any other time of year. They don't really have costumes at the thrift store all year round. So if you're like me and kind of like doing that, being inspired by what's there, you might have to wait. But you could go with an idea or a couple things in your head. Definitely get some brainstorming going. Like, you know, we all we all watch TV. We all watch movies. Definitely find some characters you like and try, try to make a fun rift off of it. Yeah. What have been some of your favorite Halloween costumes that you've worn in the last couple of years? Well, definitely when I went as Drake from Hotline Bling. I know this is an anti-Drake <laughs> podcast, but he looks so Dominican. So I was like, he looks like all my uncles. So I dressed up as him, but... What was funny was that it was a gold sequin jacket, all white pants and button-up shirt, and I had this long, long, long flowing hair perm wig. And what was funny about that is everyone was like, are you Prince? Are you Freddie Mercury? Are you Rick James? Who are you? (laughs) Um, So at that point, I was like, all right, I'm just going to be whoever the people want me to be. (laughs) Another funny costume. Oh, I loved when I went as we worked at an Irish pub, and there was one day I was working Halloween there. So I decided to go as a delivery driver, but wear different hats of different delivery companies <laughs> for like <laughs> the entire process. So I would literally go up to several of the same tables with different hats. And they're like, what's going on here? <laughs> Man, I as a kid, kid costumes, I freaking lost my mind when I dressed up as Agumon. I thought that was so cool. Man, uh, this year, I think I'm going as Prince. I think I am going as Prince because I have a purple blazer. I just need to get the parachute pants. And yeah, a ruffle white shirt. <laughs> Ooh, Prince is on my list. He lives on my costume list because it's yes, he's iconic. Of course, one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, so recognizable if you do it correctly. And iconic <laughs> hair, oh, love. I truly do love Halloween. It's always a fun time. And yeah, especially in New York, it's a bit different than Colorado, but you just go crazy because it's a Halloween parade. It's beers all over, you know, people just are drinking on the streets. It's a good time. When did you move to Colorado, Kevin? What age were you? I was four years old. Oh, okay. So like you said, it's different here in Colorado than it is in New York. But I'm sure you remember that when we were kids, it was almost always cold. It either snowed. Yeah, it either snowed or it had snowed that week. So as kids, our costumes were almost always covered up by snow jackets or snow jackets (laughs) had to go underneath our costumes. Whereas, you know, other places, the weather is still fall. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sad thing is that realizing global warming takes effect in that way because Halloween now is almost always hot. Yes. But yeah, um, definitely remember those snowy, snowy Halloween. I I remember sometimes not even walking out to get candy as a kid just because I was like, there's too much snow on the ground. Right. I remember my mom was like always a trooper because I I have always demanded to go trick-or-treating and wear a costume. But there would inevitably be an argument between the two of us about you have to wear your coat over your costume and i'm like well no one will see what i am anymore (laughs) i didn't pick a skier i didn't pick a snowboarder (laughs) i'm a wizard but i do love people who take their kids like especially when they're too young to choose and it's really rock with like a funny family costume. I always appreciate that. I agree. There are so many funny things that you could put your child in just because they're small that make them funny. There's a costume that I have saved on Pinterest of a little kid dressed as a planter's peanut. Like the parent wrapped him in what looks like some sort of packing material that has mm-hmm. like waves and divots. And he has a really big monocle and he's wearing these dopey buckle shoes. kid is maybe two (laughs) oh that's good i feel like this is kind of thing where you really realize a lot about yourself too so what 
into like making the costumes into like finding your costumes what has that like made you realize about you know maybe the world or maybe more about yourself so i didn't necessarily know that i was so creative and had the ability to execute something creative i'm pretty bad at most kinds of arts that are not crafts um <laughs> so i can't draw i can't paint but i can like put some stuff together <laughs> <laughs> so i i think it really made me realize that i am more able to do things than i think that i am uh especially because i am so science-minded type a in so many things and ways in my life this is an excellent way for me to flex my creativity and be a little mm -hmm. more type B. I think it's made me realize that I'm a little more of a perfectionist than I'd like to admit, <laughs> which sometimes <laughs> can be the hurdle that you just can't get over. If right. yeah, if you stand in front of the thing and you say, I don't want it to be done unless it's perfect, well, you're probably not going to pick it up, which is a huge problem yeah. that I have all the time. So a lot of the costumes that I pick, I pick things that I've never seen anybody else do before. So I can't compare myself to something else. Uh, like it kind of just needs to succeed visually that people get the mm -hmm. reference. And I don't want it to be compared to somebody else's work or somebody else's success or failure. I would like it to be all my own. There you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it, like you said, it's all about the execution that one time to, to nail it that one shot. And you do. <laughs> 28 years of running. 28 years of your whole life running. You know, you got it down every time. Yeah. Halloween 2020, I had I had picked some things and those weren't very successful. They, in fact, never saw the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> but I, if you would let me, I'd like to share with you one of the things that I attempted yeah, to please. be. Um, I'm going to send you a picture. I have never shown anyone these before, Kevin. So this is going to be a little moment for just you and me. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening to this and I really, really love you, maybe I'll show you what Kevin's about to see. Maybe. But it's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Having Halloween inside essentially was weird because I didn't have anybody to show anything. So I kind of picked a new theme. I wanted to be people who either already wore masks or wore things that were clean. Please tell me you just got that picture. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin, will you please tell the, the gracious people here who I am? Professor Weird, right? This Dr. Is... Weird. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Weird from... Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, this is Dr. Weird from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I'm sorry, folks. I'm trying to not laugh so hard. For Christmas, I almost printed those as wallet uh, sizes and sent them to everyone. Sh should not be embarrassed, one, because that is just too funny. But two, wow. Just... <laughs> That is quite a character, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, six inch on wheat. Um, no mayo. Uh, hang on. Uh, Dr. Weird? My ass has finally decided to eat my hand! It hungers for more! Uh, yeah, just the one hoagie. 
Folks, please watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force if you have not yet. Yeah, it's a real treat. Honestly, if you haven't indulged in any Adult Swim content that is not just Rick and Morty, please pick something else. There's so also, yeah. there's so much there for you, and Aqua Teen has been giving us life for, I think, more than 10 years now. Oh, even longer, I feel, yeah. Yeah. At least watch the movie, and the movie's great. Oh, the movie's perfect. <laughs> um, I'm making that your contact photo now. Ooh, I can't, you know. <laughs> wait, can't wait, can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> like I said, I tried to pick the theme of 2020, something that had to do mm. like with masks or cleaning gloves. So it really needed finishes done. <laughs> that That's the big problem with that <laughs> costume is like it needed more finishes. I also attempted to paint my most of my body blue and be a drag queen named Juno Birch because she also wears cleaning gloves that she paints nail polish onto because she's a fabulous alien. Yeah, was not successful in painting myself blue. <laughs> but I did try. As we mentioned, you know, you're very into the drag race, uh, RuPaul's drag race, UK drag race, you name it. Can you tell me what you take away more so from watching that show, watching these people make the costumes? And obviously, if people haven't seen the show, it's really, truly some beautiful stuff and beautiful art these people are making to to accompany their bodies, to accompany the theme of the show. Can you tell us a little bit about your takeaway from that? So, you know, not just RuPaul's Drag Race and all of its branches out of the United States, but also Dragula. I feel like Dragula is not mentioned enough that's the boulet brothers version of drag race it's not necessarily traditional drag it is definitely more costume but it is horror and it's dark and scary it's just very different but the thing that i really take away from drag race when i watch these queens put together these looks it's references it is so important to have a reference and a very clear vision in your mind because it needs to translate without explanation. That's mm -hmm. that's ultimately what you want. That's what I look for in my costumes as well. When I was Ula from <laughs> 50 First Dates, we went to a bar downtown. And not only was I Ula, I was Ula dressed as Lucy. So I was wearing the coconut bra <laughs> and I had the mustache and I had taken apart a mop to wear as a wig. Um, and we were standing in line to get in a bar and some man from down the street pointed and yelled, hell yeah, at me. He's half a block nice. away from me. He knew exactly what I was. I just take away the importance of have a vision, execute it the way it is in your mind, and make sure that reference is so very clear. Folks, it's really simple. You're not making a movie, but it's good to storyboard your ideas. You know, it's really good to frame it. Like, just really write it down and figure out what you want to do and how you want to go about it. That's going to help you out so much when you actually approach a project. Yeah. Not necessarily just Halloween costumes, not necessarily, you know, doing art. It can be anything. Yeah. So many people get caught up in, you know, they see the end, but they don't know where to start. Uh, start small, exactly. start incrementally. If you know what your reference is, you know the direction you need to head, the colors that you need to grab, the accessories that would sell that idea. Uh, yeah, ju exactly. just start small if you're the person like me that sees the end and just needs to get there. Is there Has there ever been a costume that you were working on and you're like, I don't think this is gonna work, but you reworked it into something else, modified it into something else? No, that, that would have been a good way to perhaps reuse that Dr. Weird costume. <laughs> 
<laughs> I could find something else. Like I had said before, a lot of the things that I buy are kind of like one-time use only. So like the Matador costume was two pieces of clothing that like were already made that I like hand embellished. And those pieces could have been a Matador costume. Or very easily, if I had a team of people in them, we could have been a mariachi band. <laughs> so <laughs> Nice. I've never reworked a costume, but there's definitely costumes that exist in my repertoire that could be more than one thing. So obviously, you're also very big into horror. You're very big into other Halloween moments. I want to talk about some of the moments that we know that are pretty good. For example, the Fresh Off the Boat episode of Halloween. That is like one of the funniest things ever for Halloween costumes and also the genre of Halloween. Do you remember that episode? Uh, yes, there's, I think, one per season because the dad in that show really loves Halloween, but the mom is, like, mm. not necessarily a fan. I remember <laughs> really vividly the grandma in the Garfield one piece in a wheelchair. Yep. I The friend that is dressed up as the mask, and he keeps saying, somebody stop Yes! <laughs> yes! What a, that's a f- very funny character. I remember the dad trying to dress up the family. I want to say that they were all supposed to be members of Seinfeld. Um, and the, oh, yeah. yeah. The dad was Jerry, and he wanted like his wife to be Elaine, and the sons to be other characters, but they like weren't necessarily into it. I love that tv show and really all tv shows that take on halloween because they have the budgets to do like one episode in one season Uh, i think about the parks and rec halloween episodes a lot Uh, (laughs) especially the first episode where ben and what are aubrey plaza and her boyfriend's name do you remember april and april and um why can't i remember his name i always want to say chris pratt that is his name (laughs) (laughs) so so ben april and chris pratt they all live together (laughs) in a house april and chris pratt throw a halloween party and don't tell ben april dresses as a sumo wrestler that lost weight so she is in the sumo suit deflated and Chris Pratt's character is Chuck Liddell. He's, oh, yeah. He, he spends most of the episode trying to bully what's wrong with Ben out of him. And then Ben comes out in like the movie style Batman costume. <laughs> <laughs> Another funny Halloween episode to me is Community Season 2. That's like one of the best Halloween episodes in my opinion. It's where, for some reason, people start becoming infected like zombies. (laughs) There's, like, ABBA playing in the background, but the radio's stuck on just ABBA. (laughs) So this is a very funny-themed episode. (laughs) They had a few really good episodes where they wore costumes. Mm -hmm. When they do the play, and the two characters are the cool cats, the leather jackets Mm -hmm. with the cat ears. I have a friend who's been that. (laughs) They do costumes really well. Shout-outs community. Shout-outs to Parks and Rec fresh off the boat what about movies any like good halloween movies that really always stick out to you yeah i mentioned halloween town but is there like a specific movie you're like this is halloween for me i think hocus pocus is halloween mm. for me it's one of those things as a kid that it really only came on that time of year it's an older movie so it's like not necessarily easy to get your hands on a copy of it anymore so when i found it in a grocery store of all places <laughs> i was really excited <laughs> I think that there are so many other things that like call back to Hocus Pocus. Everybody's Mm -hmm. seen that. Those three actresses are so wildly famous 
They're in a hundred mm-hmm. things. Sarah Jessica Parker, even though she's Carrie on Sex and the City, she's the dumb witch in Hocus Pocus to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that says Halloween to me, and I always love a good slasher. So yeah, yeah Texas Chainsaw Massacre says Halloween to me as well. <laughs> I want to give a quick shout out to my favorite Halloween movie, which is the Cowboy Bebop movie. It takes place on Halloween and it is awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what to get you for Christmas then. Okay. <laughs> I was, or for Halloween. Yeah, I was, <laughs> my real birthday, real Christmas. <laughs> I would love to watch it. That's cool. We got to talk about what we do in the shadows as well. It's not oh. necessarily a Halloween themed but because they are vampires in the real world it does feel costumed yeah definitely a funny show a funny movie what we do in the shadows i love taiko waititi i love Mm -hmm. that director anyways and when i saw what we do in the shadows i was like oh this movie was kind of perfectly made for me because it's a mockumentary about something scary so if you haven't watched (laughs) what we do in the shadows take a moment maybe like what two hours out of your day watch it it's so so good you won't be disappointed and even better if you're a person who says i don't want to sit around for two hours and watch a movie we'll go and watch the fx adaption of it because it's also so good got two seasons currently and each episode is so wacky there's even an episode where technically laszlo goes in a costume as jackie daytona the bartender yes oh (laughs) one of my favorite things i've ever seen There once was a fabled persona. Drinks on the house. Who hailed from Tucson, Arizona. I am just a regular human guy. And when he's serving booze, it's at Lucky Brews. Just ask them for Daytona. Jackie Daytona. Come on down to Lucky Brews. We have all sorts of normal human alcohols. So good. (laughs) And, you know, even though it's like about vampires, they really managed to pull from other Halloween tropes. There's mm-hmm. possession, there's ghosts, there's werewolves. werewolves. Right. They mm-hmm. they really managed to like create this niche world inside of the world that you and I would exist in in quotations. Right. And they do such a good job. Guillermo is the funniest character on <laughs> TV, perhaps best familiar. <laughs> <laughs> right the situations Guillermo gets into is just so funny I don't know who's better as a familiar like him or I can't remember what her name is but the blonde woman who is Eric's familiar in True Blood she's like a ditty blonde lady I still have never seen True Blood it's good for a couple seasons and you'll you'll know when to jump off board <laughs> <laughs> Finally, one last shout out for a TV show about spooky stuff. We got to shout out Los Spookies, one of the funniest shows ever on HBO. Highly underrated. Just, yeah, that. so that is also, it goes into a lot of the costume, but a lot of the set design for these people trying to enact um, terrifying scenarios for people. Yeah, if you have HBO Max, please go and check it out. There are only six episodes in the first season, so it's really quick. They're all worth a watch. These characters are wild. And the subject matter is so, so interesting. And Fred Armisen is an executive producer on it. Anything he co-signs is great. (laughs) This is true. He's been on a hot streak for very funny, obscure stuff, and I actually really appreciate it. Right? The costumes in Portlandia, the characters that they are, they're not real people who are referentially real people. Right. Incredible. (laughs) There's a lot of people, I'm sure, that 
are still somewhat, you know, buying their own handmade costumes. But if, you, if someone wanted to get into making their own costume, do you have any tips or tricks? Uh, absolutely. You know, like I said before, don't wait until October to start thinking about your Halloween costume or getting pieces. That's an easy way to make something really fun, really hectic. <laughs> When you're picking, I would say allow yourself to draw inspiration from everywhere, not necessarily the obvious places. I think the only thing you need to have a successful costume is that other people will recognize you. And so, you know, if you pick a character from your favorite anime, maybe I won't get it. But if you do it in a way that's specific, someone will look at you and recognize you and that that's the success you're going for. I would also suggest that anybody who hasn't get into the gender bed on Halloween. Uh, It is such a fun way to like express if you're masculine person, you're more feminine side. If you're a feminine person, you're more masculine side. I feel like women's costumes like overwhelmingly are kind of one note. Costume Mm. (laughs) places have made everything like a little sexual how they made Chewbacca sexy is like a crime and a miracle (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah don't feel boxed into your gender look elsewhere the funniest female character the funniest male character on tv that you're inspired by you can be them too and I think it's really fun to wear a fake mustache I don't know (laughs) why I think that but i really do explore some things you know it's just that one day you're gonna wear it anyway so why not take that risk why not have some fun with it life's too short amen (laughs) and don't let yourself get up or get hung up on the but i don't look like that person don't necessarily pick a costume that is too hard for you to do but you could still be successful i'm not a blonde person but a dream costume of mine is tiffany I don't necessarily want to wear a blonde wig, but there are other ways to achieve that goal. I had mentioned earlier, include accessories. The one-off ridiculous thing that that person is known for. When I was peewee, I made a teeny felt couchie that lived underneath my lapel. (laughs) (laughs) I bought a teeny tiny bicycle and I painted it red. (laughs) I made sure to have a bow tie, you know, Pick those things that like are really a sell. When I was CV Wonder, Kevin was kind enough to let me borrow a guitar for me to carry <laughs> around all night as I didn't look at anybody because I was a blind <laughs> <a> person. <laughs> I keep questioning. There are moments where I'm like, is he really? But then there are moments where I'm like, nope, he really is. <laughs> right. It would it would be quite a lifelong lie to <laughs> tell everyone that you were blind. Be inspired by what you have in your closet as well. Doesn't have to be expensive, y'all. I see a lot of Morticias and a lot of Wednesdays. Don't see a lot of Pugsleys. Can't imagine why. Everybody has a striped shirt and brown shorts. (laughs) Well, Taylor, thank you so much for talking about Halloween costumes. It's always been so fun to see you in your element during this time of the year, but truly, honestly, always fun to see you get ready for the Halloween process as well. Thank you so much for having me and letting me talk about one of my favorite things. We're nearly halfway to Halloween. Yes, I am counting down. Right. We're definitely, yeah, folks, you got to replay this episode on Halloween. We're going to re-air it on Halloween, too, just to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, as always, you just got to check out Denver Community Fridge 
or any community fridge literally just go to whatever wherever you live type in your address or whatever community fridge something's gonna pop up or you're gonna see that you should try to do something to get something to pop up ask the people around you ask people who you know can help see if you can get a community fridge started in your neighborhood too yeah use the power but, of the internet for good you guys not evil right <laughs> right you got a computer in your phone you could reach out to whoever is on that phone mm-hmm. you can check out denver community fridge on instagram as well as denvercommunityfridge.com and again, nycfridge.com, if you're trying to find out where in the hell in New York you can go to Community Fridge, there are 112. You could find one. <laughs> Taylor, thank you so much for hopping on the show. Please check out Shut Up and Listen. Uh, you can check them out on Instagram. You can check them out wherever you listen to us. You can also listen to them. So please check it out. It's always a fun time hearing that show and a good laugh and a good educational time, too. Taylor, do you have anything else you want to say to the people? Happy Halloween. Oh, I wanted to ask, Kevin, will you share with the people what your oncoming gem is today? I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Right now, I'll say this one. I'll say Haim, the band Haim. It's three lily white women <laughs> who just fucking rip. Like, seriously, their first album, Days Are Gone, I don't understand. I saw the cover art, and I'm like, I'm not going to like this album. I put it on, and it's just banger after fucking banger after fucking banger. Their second album, not the greatest. Their third album, right back on track. You know, like, those women can just vibe out and rock. So they're definitely an uncommon gem for me. Also, just because, you know, like I said, I didn't think I was going to like that music. I didn't think... I like pop music. I don't like that kind of pop music. So it's for them to impress me like that is definitely an uncommon gem for me. Oh, yeah. That's an excellent share. And if you haven't listened to Heim, do that. They're good. Right. <laughs> Folks, you can always check us out on Instagram, Twitter... Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you to Lawrence. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Brooks. Uh, episode 10, y'all. We did it. We, we got here. I'll end it on this. I'll say this. Austin Walker, that's the person I really want to thank, too. He said, hey, you just got to buy a microphone. You just got to message a couple friends and just talk about things you like. And honestly, that's where the show began. That's how we got to episode 10. And it's been real fun really doing this project and having people come on the show talking about the things they love. And I really want to express, you know, if you if you ever were in the mindset of I should do something like this, I should start something like this, that's what you got to do. You got to take the jump. You got to take the risk. Nothing's ever going to be perfect on your first try. But so long as you try, 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 you'll get there. So thank you all again. Take care and have a great week. We'll see you Friday. Mm-hmm.